and welcome back to That's What People Do. We're back again with another episode, either 54 or 55. I think this 55. is 55. Yeah. 55, a nice round number. Mm. Ryan is here as always. How are you, Ryan? I'm, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot. Really, it's always really hot. fucking hot. Before we started recording, I said to Ryan, we always pick the days where it's fucking sweltering to record these episodes. Yeah. Uh, if anyone cares to know, it is currently 36 degrees where I am in England. Um, how, James, are you aware how hot it is yours at all? I think it's, it's in the 30s. I think it might be a little bit cooler so than that, but it's in the 30s. We're mid 30s. Um, and now there must, uh, not that this is a brag or anything, but people listen to our podcast around the world, and there's definitely hotter places in the world than the UK. Mm. And there are definitely people going, so it's that hot every day here. Yes. But it's not here, which means we're not used to it. I we don't have aircon, <laughs> we don't yeah. have anything that's like available for us to use when it gets this hot uh, this quickly. And our houses are built to like store heat and insulate the heat, so it fucking just collects it. Oh, it's insane. We're in like, not oh, again. It's like one of those you, you go, oh fucking poor you, poor you, right? But even when it's winter here, we we all freak out because you've got countries that like it's cold generally all the time. So they're used to it. They've got like snow tires and shit like that, and they can just deal with it better. Whereas like we're so we're such like a, a vague vanilla country where it's mm. just like it's pretty temperate all the time. It rains a lot, uh, and it's just like shirt weather for the most part, or like a light jacket weather. So when it yeah. gets really cold and snowy, we're like we're totally not prepared for this. And if it gets too hot, we're also equally not prepared. And it doesn't happen enough to justify investing in sorting out like our preparations for it no like don't get me wrong i could probably we could probably spend about five grand on like an air conditioning unit in this house and then we wouldn't use it until next year you'd use it for like yeah probably like two weeks out of a year yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah it's very hot guys so if you hear any discomfort or you hear some squelching it's probably coming from between my cheeks nice <laughs> That's a lovely image to begin the episode. <laughs> and on on squelchy cheeks, who are we talking about again this week? We we're we're continuing the Adolf Hitler saga. I'm calling it a saga because it was supposed to be a trilogy, but um, yeah, it's not a trilogy. As I was writing it, I was like, this can't, it, it physically can't be three parts. It has to be more. I don't know whether I waffle. I'm sure we'll find out. But but yeah, there's there's too much information to about. I have tried to be a lot more specific, like general on this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ne- number four, I'm going to definitively say will be the final one. It will be like it has to be. It can't go on anymore. Okay, okay, we've got definitely a four parter. He's promised. Even if like midway through World War Two, I'm just like done. That's it. <laughs> well, that's that's how it's going to be. Yeah, and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah, nothing else happened. Hitler just went. You know what? No, I can't be bothered anymore, and went and lived in a little chateau. That'd be nice. Anyway, so, we left off last week with Hitler as Chancellor of Germany, if you can remember as far back as last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To put that in modern terms, he'd basically found the last Infinity Stone for his Infinity Gauntlet. So he was ready for the Infinity War, (laughs) ready to snap his fingers. Should have aimed for the head. Should have aimed for the head. <laughs> Silly Thor. This episode will cover what happened from this point. Oh, wait, no. Oh, my God, I've messed up the intro. See, this is how certain I was. I wrote the first paragraph going, this episode will cover all the way from this point all the way to Hitler's death. And as I was writing it, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, ignore that because it doesn't cover to Hitler's death. It doesn't even cover to World War Two. So, spoilers. It's okay. It, it's the heat. Blame the heat. 
is the heat. So, last episode was pretty detailed. This episode is a bit more fast-paced. Um, if you get confused at any point, I'm sure Ryan will say, can you explain that a little bit more? And I will, because at some point, I've literally just bullet-pointed just to smash out the key facts. Mm-hmm. Because last week was always was a lot, a lot of names, a lot of politics, and I didn't want to do that again. Yep. Although it probably does happen. No, well, it's so, got to be done. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one of Hitler's first degrees was to order the boycott of Jewish businesses. If you remember, his general mindset was to blame the Jews for the downfall of the German, uh, German economy. Yeah. So SA members would be stations outside of Jewish-run shops to stop people from entering. However, the German people didn't really listen because they just wanted a bargain, because obviously not, not many of them had much money. So they just shopped wherever they could find the best price. Mm. So that was kind of a kick in the teeth for Hitler that the people were like, no. If the Jewish shops are offering a better price, then I'm going to shop there. Yeah. Which I believe so. is... Here comes another tangent. Which I believe is why <laughs> Tesco didn't work out in... I think it's China? Tes- t- really? t- Tesco, if you don't know, is is a big chain in the UK. A big, big department store, I suppose, is the way of calling it, right? A big department store in the UK. Mm. You can pretty much get whatever you want in Tesco's, right? Your electronics, your food, your everything, right? Um... And in the UK, they have like club card points. So for the UK, honestly, when you're a kid at school, you could like you could tell what class someone was from by finding out where their parents went to get the food shop. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So if they if they went to M and S or Waitrose, they were upper class. If they went to like Sainsbury's, yep. they were doing okay. But if you went mainly to like Tesco's and ASDA, it was like oh, okay, you're pretty much like you know middling along, maybe working class. I don't know. Um, mm. We went to Asda's exclusively, and this is a thing. People in the UK almost exclusively go to one type of shop. It might be like, oh no, 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 yeah. no, we, we we only shop in Tesco's, and they'll get a club card points, right? So every time you shop, you scan your club card, you get points, and then you can get points off your shopping, make it a bit cheaper. Now that works really well in the UK. It just so for some reason doesn't work anywhere else, and in, I think in particular in China they tried to like Tesco tried to like expand into like China and went oh yeah we have club card points and you can like shop with us da da da. Apparently the people there just don't do that. They're like no I w- I will buy whatever's cheapest and wherever it is I don't care I don't I do not exclusively shop in one place. So they're not loyal. No, they're not loyal to a, a shop. That's crazy because yeah because I think everyone's more or less like. We usually do our shops at Lidl and Aldi, which are quite cheap, but like the quality of the stuff there is banging, oh, so Lidl's don't knock great. that. It's fantastic. But then uh, we do have a Sainsbury's around the corner, which we'll go and like get, you know, like your little top-up shops. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll do that at Sainsbury's. It's good. It's good. We don't go to Tesco at all. Oh, I love a club card. Uh, Sainsbury's have nectar cards. Lidl and Aldi don't do anything, but they're cheap enough as it is. So. That's it. Anyway, so during Hitler's reign, there were over 400 laws that targeted Jewish people alone. He was absolutely hell bent on destroying their livelihood and, as we know, turned his attentions onto wiping them out entirely. Some of these laws included drastically lowering the number of Jewish children allowed to attend public schools. All Jewish people in civil service jobs were removed and a law was made you had to be of Aryan descent to hold these positions. They were banned from any sort of cultural place, such as theatres, museums, cinemas, galleries, and they were also banned from being journalists. Really? Now, this is just a really small handful of laws brought in by Hitler and his regime. That's fucking mad. Oh, we'll get on to, I imagine, we, imagine we will get on to the um, uh, must-have Aryan heritage in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, that and happens, I, and, yeah. I, and and then I'm going to um just shit all over it with our sponsor 23 me I wish. forward <laughs> 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 to that. So this is when the Gestapo was born. Now, it was actually Hermann Göring who created the Gestapo, which effectively was secret police, so they didn't have uniforms or anything like this, and they're often depicted in films wearing big black leather coats. So the Gestapo were used to silence Hitler's political opponents. They were a very violent bunch. Himmler then decided he wanted to run the Gestapo, and this caused a lot of infighting between two influential Nazis. Eventually, Himmler won and took control, with Goering setting his sights on rebuilding the German Air Force, which... He does. Yeah. On February 10th, 1936, 1936, the Nazi Reichstag passed the Gestapo law, which included the following paragraph. Neither the instructions nor the affairs of the Gestapo will be openly will be open to review by the administrative courts. And so this basically means that whatever the Gestapo did, they could have no legal repercussions for it. They were above the law. Oh, okay. Which is fucking mental. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I publicly say it as well. Yeah, like these dudes can literally do what they want and you can't say shit. Yeah. On the night of May 10th, 1933, students of German universities accompanied by SA members engaged in a mass book burning. Mm. They were burning any books that could be seen to argue against the current regime. These books included works by Karl Marx and other political ideologies, but also include stuff from Albert Einstein, Hemingway and H.G. Wells, to name a few. Which seems weird, like, what's the beef with Hemingway? But anyway. <laughs> um, Hemingway is... Uh, that... that... Sorry, is that To Kill a Mockingbird? No, that's Harper Lee. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I don't know many things. No, let, let me just let me just Google Hemingway. Heming, Hem, fucking, I can't get my words out to say Hemingway real quick. Yeah, because I'm, oh, I'm like a... Uh, uh, what's the word? Okay. He was he was a he was a journalist, novelist, short story writer. He was from the West. I suppose that was the big issue, wasn't it? He had a strong influence on 20th century fiction, says Wikipedia. So. Okay. Good old Wikipedia. Good old Wikipedia. You can't go wrong. Okay. Goebbels, who attended, had this to say. The era of extreme Jewish intellectualism is now at an end. The future German man will not just be a man of books, but a man of character. It is to this end that we want to educate you. As a young person, to already have the courage to face the pitiless glare, to overcome the fear of death and to regain respect for death, this is the task of this young generation. Mm. And thus, you do well in this midnight hour to commit to the flames the evil spirit of the past. This is, ha- this is a strong, great and symbolic deed, a deed which should document the following for the world to know. Here, the intellectual foundation of the democratic republic is sinking to the ground but from this wreckage the phoenix of a new spirit will triumphantly rise so he's just saying you lot are all a bit weak just sitting reading your books you need to start getting out there and doing stuff yeah it's it's literally what it is he wanted they wanted to breed soldiers and not into yeah which is ironic coming from someone with a club foot who never served yeah (laughs) who is who is a master at words and books yeah 
<laughs> but I suppose to I suppose we get onto this to be fair. It's almost like Hitler wanted to keep his population dumb because a population that doesn't learn how to think any differently to the way they're being taught is a population easy to control. Yes, but can we please get on to for a quick second? That's what people do fact checker here. Um, you may mm-hmm. or may not have seen circling online, social media wise, uh, a picture of uh, um, Mr. Goebbels, right? Um, mm. Staring at camera, a nice swastika at his back, and there's a big quote underneath it saying something about how, like, oh yeah, we're not going for the intellectuals because the intellectuals uh, won't fall for it. Blah blah blah. Have you seen this at all? No. You 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 will find it at some point, right? Um, but it's basically Goebbels saying that uh, we're not going for the intellectuals because they will see through it. They won't follow it. We're basically going for the dumb people. That's where it will work. Blah 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 blah. Uh, people are sharing this. For some reason, out of nowhere, I think maybe I don't know why at the moment, but they're sharing it, being like, "Oh, look, see, that's how it works." Blah blah blah. I think they're trying to like show some sort of similarity between how like the Nazis did it, uh, yeah, like and modern how, propaganda. Yeah, it's modern propaganda as to how like how easy it is for like uh, maybe calling racists dumb people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the people that I have seen share it are generally uh, lefties. Yeah, easy, easy way of calling them. Um, just want to put it out there now. Goebbels never said this. It's not a quote from Goebbels. It's a quote from a book about Goebbels. And although it particular, it may uh, reflect his thoughts and feelings towards propaganda. It's he never ever said it. And it's it's been someone's wrote that, and then someone else right, has okay. then since then said, oh, that's what he said. So yeah, if you see it, so it might have been his thought, but it's not a direct quote. Exactly. Some people have come out and said, yeah, he probably definitely thought this sort of stuff, but he would never have said it because otherwise that would go against everything that he was trying to do. Right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Okay. Not trying to defend him. I'm just trying to defend some facts. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get you. You've got to be careful what you share on old Facebook. Totally, because like we see it so much. We see so many people like uh, uh, on the right side of the spectrum in terms of the political viewing, sharing like. Uh, people on the left being violent or like with Black Lives Matter, people being violent against white people, blah, blah, blah. They share all this shit and you're like, okay, I will call that stuff out. But at the same time, I will, I will also call out when people on the left are doing it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Propaganda works both ways. It does. It certainly does. Um, so yeah, Mr. Girl has given us a, a speech about how we should stop reading books and start being men of action. Yeah, he definitely did that. Now, of course, not everyone bought into this and groups of rebels began to form. To hear about this in a lot more detail, check out the episode on Sophie Scholl, oh, hey. a student who was executed for fighting against the Nazis. I like that. Because she was a student at a university when this was taking place. Excellent plug. Well, Very well done. That is very professional. Yeah, go back and look at that. It all fucking links. We also have another plug later on. Let's see if you can... In fact, I can see it on the page. Let's see if you notice it. You okay, will. okay. Of course... Uh, an uneducated population does have its downfalls. Army officers would complain that new recruits lacked any sort of knowledge, and scientists believed furthering Germany's uh, technology, particularly military technology, was massively hindered because all those graduating simply didn't have the knowledge to help. <laughs> because they got rid of books from like Einstein. If you don't know, I don't, I'm not going to even attempt to say what Einstein's about because fuck knows, but you won't. You won't help. I don't know. It just shows how stupid I am in that sentence. But I'm not a scientist. I just chat shit, so... Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's, that I understand what you're on about. Yeah. 
So, soon after, we saw political prisoners being transported to the first official concentration camp, Dachau. People were generally transported here for bullshit reasons, including has the potential to commit a crime in future, which is fucking weird. Bit minority Basically, the Nazis... Yeah, the Nazis just wanted people out of the way. When a prisoner was killed in Dachau, the only way the families would find out is an urn full of ashes would appear on their doorstep. And this was just ashes oh. from whatever was on the floor of the crematorium at the time. It no wasn't way. even their ashes. They just scooped up whatever. That's so chilling. Yeah, it's like, fucked, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like... Um... <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to go I'm going to regret saying this. It's like... It's like... Uh, have, you, have you received any deliveries during lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, well, it's just they, they knock on the door, put it on the doorstep. <laughs> and they and run away. away. It's basically knock down ginger yeah, yeah. of deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get where you're going. I get where you're going with yep, that. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's worth saying that these weren't, it's not the Holocaust as we as we know it. It's like, it wasn't just Jews being killed en masse. The, these were mainly political prisoners mm. and people that had, I wouldn't say had committed crimes, probably didn't, but it, you, you could be put in there for saying something bad about the Nazis as yeah. well. Um, I don't really feel much need to go into the too much detail about the Holocaust right now, especially because we've covered it in uh, greater detail in the episode of Vitor Poletsky. So check that out as well. Another plug. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have a lot of World War Two stuff. We do, but it's no secret that the conditions were barbaric and the inmates were effectively tortured. Mm. Uh, and this was in 1933. This was a whole decade before the final solution had even begun. That's crazy, man. So... This is where it gets a little bit more complicated. This is where we get to the Night of the Long Knives. You heard of the Night of the Long Knives? Kristallnacht. This isn't Kristallnacht. Damn it. That is the Night, <laughs> of, night of the Long Swords. Or something. Or something like that. And that was when they got rid of the SA, isn't it? That's This is Night of Long Knives where they get rid of the SA, yes. So when I, when, when I saw the Night of the Long Knives, I thought, that sounds really familiar, but I don't have a clue what actually happened. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are the same. So... Here yeah, GCSE history. I remember the word, and then I remember I remember Kristallnacht and Night of the Long Knives, and I definitely thought they were the same thing. Kristallnacht is how we will open the next episode. Ooh, yeah. Okay, that's how we open the next episode. So this is Night of the Long Knives. Okay, so I'm going to summarize it as simply as I possibly can. If you get confused or I speak too fast, or whatever, just stop me, and I'll try and explain a little bit more. So. The Brown Shirts, SA, were under the leadership of Ernst Röhm, and they wanted to be the German army. However, Germany already had an army of 100,000 men, which couldn't grow any larger due to the Treaty of Versailles. Mm. The Brown Shirts outnumbered them heavily. However, military generals did not like the SA, and Hindenburg, President Hindenburg, still president, didn't like the SA either. And Hitler wanted the proper German military on his side, so he was pushed to do something about them as they were getting heavily out of hand. Now, this is where the socialism part of National Socialist comes into it. A lot of the mm. brown shirts genuinely believed in it and wanted another revolution to overthrow the rich elites and share the wealth between themselves. Socialism! This <laughs> obviously horrified Hitler's backers and, of course, Hitler himself, because he wouldn't be seen dead as a socialist. Mm. Accidentally left-wing again. Accidentally left-wing. It happens a lot. <laughs> they were an issue to Hitler... And they were losing him support of the public as well because they were just constantly brawling on the street. So Hitler got Rom to agree that the SA would never be the military, to which Rom signed an agreement, but then went off and bitched about Hitler behind his back, calling him a traitor and stuff like that. Yeah. A few brown shirts loyal to Hitler reported this back. Himmler mm. and Goering saw this as an opportunity. Himmler, head of the SS, don't forget, which is a branch of the SA loyal to Hitler alone. 
they would spread false rumours that Rom was going to overthrow Hitler and start a new revolution, basically trying to get Hitler to act. Hitler, against his nature, instead attended a meeting with Rom and the SA to try and sort things out. However, Papen, remember Papen? He's still vice-chancellor. He fucked this up because he gave a speech at a university heavily criticising Rom and demanded Hitler to act. A direct quote from this is, have we experienced an anti-Marxist revolution in order to be put through a Marxist program? Mm. So, things got tense in the Reichstag. The generals and Hindenburg demanded that the SA be dissolved. Himmler made an agreement with the army generals that should anything kick off, the SS would be with the army against the SA. He would then spread more rumours that Rom was planning a putsch against Hitler, putsch being a military coup. Hitler and Goering attended a wedding together and whilst there received a phone call from Himmler saying the SA were about to strike. Goering was sent to Berlin to put a stop to this using force. June 30th, 1934, Hitler arrived in Munich, went to three high-ranking SA officials and ripped off their Nazi insignia, then headed to the hotel where Rom was staying. The SS took command of the building and then Hitler marched into Rom's room and declared that he was under arrest. So the 15-year relationship between Hitler and Rom was over and all the SA officials put into prison. Well, bar one, there was a man called Edmund Hines who was found in bed with another man, so he was swiftly executed. So remember last week I mentioned that Rom was also a homosexual, but Hitler ignored it? Well, Mm. this kind of comes back to bite Rom now because this would be used against him in the future. Hitler ran Goering and uttered the word Kalibri, which is hummingbird in German, so... You've learned some German today. And this was a signal to start a 72-hour period of executions. A list was formed of SA leaders and enemies to the Nazis, and the SS and Gestapo started hunting them down. Strasser, the founder of the Nazis, was killed. Schleicher, remember him from last week? He kind of helped put Hitler in power? Yeah. He was killed alongside his wife. Karl Ernst, Berlin's SA leader, was killed along with three men who were accused of burning down the Reichstag. Now, a gun was put in front of Rom in his prison cell and he was given a time limit to kill himself. He refused and two SS officers, one called Theodore Eich, the man who coined the phrase Arbeit Mac Fry and basically Mm. was the father of the concentration camp system, shot Rom from point-blank range. His last words were said to have been, my Führer, my Führer, to which the response was, it's too late for that now. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's cold. Mm. By the 2nd of July, the Night of Long Knives was over, and a lot of people were dead. Official records were destroyed, because that's what Nazis do, but it ranges from anywhere between 200 and a few thousand. Most weren't actually SA officials, just people Hitler, Himmler and Goering wanted to get rid of. Mm. The SA were gone and eventually absorbed into the army, and the SS became its own entity, bound only to Hitler. Hindenburg praised Hitler for his actions. And that's the Night of Long Knives. You mean, like, praised Hitler for his actions? I'm not being funny, but I I don't know how much he, what he could have done, really, but, like, does he know how in depth that went like does he know people were just been shot murdered executed left right center and he's gone very well done good work what i don't know i don't know that if he knows the exact details but i think he knows that people were got rid of because this this like the um the big industrialists the rich people that supported hitler loved it as well and if they loved it then hindenburg's gonna love it because they're putting him in luxury because he's dying at this point and they've put him up in a really nice house and he's rich Ah, uh, yeah yeah 
So it's it's all it's all money. It's all money, money, money. Oh, it's so scary that like shit like that can happen, and there'd, there'd be people in the country that had no idea it was even happening. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. There'd be civilians. There would be civilians who have no clue what's just gone on. Yeah, seventy-two hours of executions. A big old list was formed of names. Car man, that's mad. Yeah, that's a night of long knives. Uh, th- that's a general night of long knives. You can go into a lot more detail, but that's kind of the key point. Yeah, yeah. My About feeling. 9 a.m. on August 2nd, 1934, Hindenburg died. Uh-oh, so the last man between Hitler and total power was gone. Mm. Hitler acted fast and declared a new Führer law, which effectively saw everyone swear allegiance to him and not to the state. After the war, after World War II, Papen explained how in Hindenburg's will it stated that he wanted Germany to return to the Kaisers, but Hitler destroyed all records of this. He was now complete ruler of Germany and referred to as Mein Führer. And that's, again, the long and the short of it. That's so fucking concise about what happened. But this was me trying to race through. So he, he actually did... Um, he did it like like, like uh, Commodus does in Gladiator. When, like... You've definitely seen Gladiator, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So Maximus Decimus Meridus is told by the Emperor, like, Commodus will You're not... the new... Yeah, yeah, Commodus will not rule. It will be you. And then Commodus just sort of comes in and he's just like, yeah, forget nah. about that. <laughs> forget <laughs> about that. Dies and comes out. He says, I will be the emperor. That's what Hitler just done. <laughs> Ripped up Doesn't that really paper. Work like that, mate. But yeah, so that's the long and the short of that. Hitler would implement his way onto the German people. He brought in the Nuremberg Laws, which stated that no non-Jewish person could have relations with any Jewish person. There was even charts made up of what was acceptable and what wasn't. The the Jewish people weren't allowed to display German or Nazi flags, but could keep up Jewish colours, which the Nazis said, like, oh, we're doing you a favour, this is a nice thing for us Mm -hmm. to do, but really it was just so they could identify them. Oh, oh, it's crazy, because you know there would have been people that would go, no, it's fine, don't worry about it, it will be okay, and it won't be. No, they they just wanted to know who they were. Oh, that's terrifying, man. Two months later, a Nazi decree was issued which defined a full Jew. And that, that's not me just hor- wording that horrendously. Yeah, yeah. That's literally <laughs> what they put. Uh, as a person with at least three Jewish grandparents, those with fewer than three grandparents were designated a Michelinge, half-breeds, which is uh, mental, of, of which there were two degrees. First-degree Michelinge, a person with two Jewish grandparents. A second-degree Michelinge, a person with one Jewish grandparent. But either so way, you were considered Jewish. Yeah, yeah for sure. There, there was literally... They just drew up charts on how Jewish are you. It's wow. so weird. That's fucking... Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, man. Like, no, it's fucking batshit. So th- this is where... This is where I will bring in our sponsor, 23andMe, that is unfortunately yeah, not good our point. sponsor. Good, good time to do it. Um, I've recently done, well, I say recently, within the last year, I did a, a 23andMe DNA testing kit, right? Now, I have Scottish heritage. My nan is from Scotland. Uh, my mum was born in England. My granddad is from England, right? So I was just like, oh, I've just got Scottish heritage. No, I don't. I have Scottish. I have Irish. I have, uh, it turns out, Scandinavian, particularly from Norway somewhere. Uh, French, German, blah, blah, blah. When you start doing your DNA, you start realising, like, there are people, which I'm going to refer to in our country, Little Englanders, 
who are just like, yeah, born and raised here. My dad was, my granddad was. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah. And they may be having some sort of right-wing-leaning thoughts of being like, well, I'm English. It's like, oh, no, but if I could just do your DNA testing, I would be able to tell you that you're not purely from here. Yeah. There is somewhere along the lines, uh, particularly us being an island nation, you cannot get onto an island nation without coming from somewhere else. <laughs> You just can't do exactly. it. Exactly. And um, with all the wars we've been involved in and how many times we've been invaded over the centuries. Exactly. Right. So that that's funny, man. I, I, I know it's not funny, but in a way it is. The absurdity of it is what's funny is that they were like, yeah. they, they will trace it back like as two, three grandparents. And you're like, yeah, that yeah. doesn't count, man. Like, I'm yeah, sure if we go all. back to you perfect Aryans, we might find out you've come from somewhere very, very different. Exactly. I'm I'm convinced. I really want to do one of those tests because I'm really interested. But I'm convinced I'm like have a little bit of Roman heritage because you've got like the Roman noses. Oh yeah, and yeah, I've got yeah. A, I've got a Roman nose. So interesting. Um, definitely try it out if you ever get the chance. And to all of our listeners as well, definitely if you can get a hold of it, get get hold of them twenty three me testing kits and test out your DNA. Find out where you're from. I've, honestly, I find it so uh, eye opening as a human. Like I feel like it rounds me off a bit more you know um makes you more worldly that, exactly that makes you more worldly you know I, I will not judge anyone from any country whatever like you know we've got heritage and dna from all over the place we're all one family yeah exactly that particularly americans listen to this you are not as american as you think you are oh i mean sorry guys i know you like as i think we mentioned in our year-long episode I know America, you guys are like our second most listened to people, so um, I kind of half apologise for this, but some of you guys can be really defensive over your like your uh, identity nation state wise, and be like, "I'm American," and it's like, "Yeah, your whole country is based on immigration." It, it didn't. Yeah, the country was unless you're unless you're of Native American descent. Yeah, you have immig- immigration in your bloodline, probably not even that long ago, maybe like six, seven generations ago. Yeah. I, I Maybe like, a little bit longer. I like the Americans that just say they're Irish or Italian. I like those ones because they're like M- most 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 Americans would have come from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, America. Do a test. So, <laughs> uh, where was I? This, however, awful was the last thing Hitler degree- decreed towards Jewish people for a while. His intentions with them were clear, but first he needed to rebuild the army. And he didn't want to have the world press seeing anything negative about him. He just wanted the Rhineland. So, Hitler and his generals openly decided to ignore the Treaty of Versailles and just rearm. So they did. They brought in national conscription to rebuild their infantry. They expected other European countries to voice concerns and come down hard on them. However, no one said anything, so they just carried on. That's bad. No one... No one battered an eyelid. And this becomes such a big theme. Like, throughout this episode, Britain is a massive bitch. Like, just such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's spot on. That is spot on. <laughs> you want to do what? What? <laughs> it, 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 get, it, get, it, like, it just keeps getting more and more crazy, the amount of shit that they just let Germany get away with. Mm. Anyway, I'll say, I'll say they, we let Germany get away with. Beginning at dawn, on Saturday, March 7th, 1936, three battalions of the German army crossed the bridges of the Rhine and entered into the industrial heartland of Germany known as the Rhineland. This demilitarised area included all territory west of the Rhine River, extending to the French border, as well as a portion east of the river, 
including cities of Cologne, Dusseldorf, and Bonn. That's crazy. Cause like Cologne is such like a German city. Like when someone just says Cologne, I'm like, that's a German city, isn't it? It's definitely a German city. Yeah, nowadays, yeah, it's all it's all German now. But then you've got like places like Strasbourg, which sounds very German, but is in France. Yeah, uh, and like isn't Alsace like on a border? Is a border region or something? Because that's where we, I I Al- Alsace is where we get the word Alsatian for the for the dog. And we call them German. Shepherds we call them German so shepherds. Like an... Yeah. Right. Okay. But I believe it's That's a place. That I believe I it's French. No, oh, but a little backstory of the Rhineland. From very little research, from what I remember from school, it was basically a place that no one really owned, and it was just Germans and French people could work there, but no one owned it. Yeah. And you couldn't militarize it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. France were like, oh, it's kind of ours. You can't get in it because it's like a. Apparently, isn't it like it's quite a fertile area? It's quite good for like farming and whatnot. I've I've been there. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Really, really nice place. So I imagine, like for the for for the Nazi regime at the time, it's like it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a symbol of nationalism to have that back. Mm. There was a lot of vineyards, from what I remember, a lot of vineyards, and occasionally you'd be driving, and suddenly, like you're just in a woods, like driving through massive like woods and forests. Mm. It was it was a beautiful part of the world. Mm. Yeah. So, at ten a.m. that morning, Hitler's foreign minister, German name Konstantin van Neurath maybe, summoned the ambassadors of France, Britain and Italy and handed them a lengthy memorandum, I'm assuming that's just like a letter or something, stating that the German government had restored the full and unrestricted sovereignty of the Reich in the demilitarised zone of the Rhineland. A quote from Hitler in the Reichstag, First, we swear to yield to no force whatever in the restoration of the honour of our people preferring to succumb with honour to the severest hardships rather than to capitulate. Secondly, we pledge that now, more than ever, we shall strive for an understanding between European peoples, especially for one with our Western neighbour nations. We have no territorial demands to make in Europe. Germany will never break the peace. (laughs) Hmm. I get a feeling it doesn't really... (laughs) Yeah, Hitler just lied openly to everyone, even his own people. That's all he does, man. All he does is fucking lie. And everyone laps it up all the time. He just says all the right things. He's like me in a job interview. Yeah, and just say exactly <laughs> what the person opposite you wants yeah, to I hear. I can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Are you enthusiastic? Every day. Every fucking Every day. day. I'm great with people. I will come to work with a smile on my yeah, face. Yeah, I love interacting with customers. I, I just, you know what? I love listening to their problems. I just love dealing with it. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that. Britain and France were in charge of protecting the Rhineland, which currently saw 30,000 German soldiers in it. However, France was politically a mess at the time, and Britain was in an economic crisis, and neither could act. So again, just let Germany get on with it. Yeah. Hitler openly admitted that if he was met with resistance, he would have retreated straight away. <laughs> Right, okay. So all it would have took was one fucking squad of anyone to be like, uh, no, and they would have backed off. But Brilliant. they weren't met with any force, so they just claimed it. Exactly. Now, I never met the guy, but Hitler was really great at manipulating people. Whenever he <laughs> met foreign ministers, he voiced concerns at, who voiced concerns at his army growing. He'd play innocent and say it's all defensive and they just wanted to be on the same level as everyone else. To which the Europe were like, oh, that's fair, that's fair. 
saying he never wanted to have anything like World War One happen again. And everyone bought it for some reason. And behind their backs, he put Germany onto a war economy and was clearly gearing up for something. Yeah. Hitler even signed a treaty with Poland promising that he would never invade them. <laughs> Again, it's the lies, man. It's the absolute lies. It's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely mental. Hitler took great inspiration from the Roman and the British Empire. He researched heavily how they gained so much land so easily in order to basically reenact it. He wanted to gain as much land with as little expense as possible. And he always noted that France and Britain were his biggest issues. He wanted to gain more land for Germany's people as he believed that they deserved it more over those currently occupying it. So he drew up three plans. Plan one, wait until 1943 when he outgunned France and Britain and take them by force. Plan two, wait until France broke out into a civil war and claimed Czechoslovakia seriously, uh, secretly. Plan three, strike in 1938 against Austria and Czechoslovakia if France got into a war with Italy. But none of those happened. He just sort of does it on his own anyway. Yeah, none of none of this happened. He, ha- I think, the plan three was the closest one, bar France yeah. and Italy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, apart from yeah, France and Italy. What what's his issue with Britain again? He, I, I think he had a healthy fear of us. Oh, okay, I can understand that. Yeah, because didn't he want to be like friends of us for a while? Yeah, if if he had us as allies, like the war would have been very different for him. Totally, he def- that's definitely what he wanted it to, what to happen. And third plug of the episode, we covered this in Winston Churchill. Almost did with uh, Chamberlain and the War Cabinet. They would have mm. bowed down to him. Yeah. And Churchill swooped in and went new, new, new. Oh, and and Hitler's number two, Mr. Rudolf Hess. He he, I, I imagine yeah. if he tries to have a go and all. Yeah, and also um, what was it? King, I've completely forgot. Is it King Edward? He oh, helped yeah, the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> but Will, that's another episode. That's a fucking mental story. But yeah, he helped the Nazis invade Paris. But anyway. <laughs> so, he hammered home the point that they must never be at war with France and Britain at the same time if it can be avoided. Because he just knew that he'd get fucked. Mm. Some weird sexual scandals happened with his generals that I won't, won't really go into too much. It was all to do with homosexuality again, and Hitler forced them to step down and replace them with military generals of his own people. So the military was now his. He was now full commander of the army, and no one could say shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently, so next step. Apparently, gays can't be very good at military stuff. No, not in Hitler's eyes. <laughs> they could have been the best. Do you know what I mean? They could have won him the war, and he was like. Oh, no, no, I'm not having that. Fucking <laughs> hell. Not on my watch. Yeah, I'm not having gays being military. You can't be military guys. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Next step, Austria. Yes. The Nazi party was banned in Austria. However, Nazis remained there and were tearing it apart from the inside. Dr. Kurt von Schuschnigg, Chancellor of Austria, was summoned to Hitler's villa in the Alps. Here began one of the worst days of his life. He was screamed at for hours, being told Austria is a weak country, and if he doesn't immediately sign over command to Hitler, they will be met with bloody force. Hitler was well aware most countries would bow down to stop the loss of life. The Austrian Chancellor returned to his homeland in order to get the president to agree. The president did not agree. 
So Hitler contacted Mussolini and asked if he if he minded that he, if he took Austria because Austria borders Italy and he didn't want to see this as an act of aggression towards Italy. Mm. Mussolini sent a response to Hitler saying Austria was immaterial to him and just to go ahead and thus started the bond between Italy and Germany. Right, yeah. On March 12th, 1938, German military and tanks rolled into Austria and met no resistance. They took Vienna, to which the president just bolted, leaving the chancellor to surrender. A union was then signed between Germany and Austria. He took Austria without a single bullet being fired. Wow. That's crazy. And he saw it as like a homecoming. Yeah, this is because uh, while he was there, he visited his birth town, the town he went to school, and also visited his parents' graves. Yeah. And this is quite this is quite a rags to rich. I don't want to call Hitler rags to riches, but he also stayed in a very fancy hotel in Austria that he had shoveled snow at when he was a poor artist. Oh no! You know what? If this was a Hollywood movie, that'd be quite a good scene, but it's not yeah, in this film. But alas, it's Hitler. <laughs> but that you can clearly see how he's copied the Roman and British Empire. Just go for people that are weaker than you and just physically can't fight back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. France and Britain did fuck all. In the months that followed, British Prime Minister Chamberlain would meet Hitler. Chamberlain, desperate to maintain peace, wanted to know what Hitler wanted. Hitler said he wanted the Sudetenland, which was held by Czechoslovakia, to be given over to Germany. Chamberlain, weirdly, agreed. Even France were like, yeah, cool. Despite this being peaceful, Hitler wanted a war and asked Poland if they wanted a part of the Czech Republic, uh, Czechoslovakia as well. (laughs) We're having some. You want in? <laughs> Chamberlain returned to Hitler a little while later in Germany and said the Sudetenland was his. Hitler's re- Hitler responded, that's cool, but we're not really interested anymore. We're just going to invade Czechoslovakia. Chamberlain, stunned and upset, just went home. Britain declared a state of emergency and France rushed all of its troops to the German border. However, Hitler soon saw that the German people didn't want another war. So, explained to Chamberlain... He'll take the Sudetenland and leave the rest of Czechoslovakia alone. Mm. Just after 1am on September 30th, the four leaders, Germany, France, Italy, Britain, signed the Munich Agreement, allowing the German army to occupy Sudetenland beginning on October 1st to be completed by October 10th. About 1.30am, the Czech representatives were informed of the terms by Chamberlain. They had no say in the matter and had no choice but to comply. It's, I have issue with the way uh, Britain handled that in just in general, like Britain's attitude towards other countries who maybe don't have empires, who are maybe not as big as they are, um, that they can just be like, oh, fine. I mean, you can have some of that then if you want. Like, who are we to start fucking dictating what they can and can't do? Yeah, the, Chamberlain was so he was. We all know he was a very weak prime minister, which is why he got a vote of no confidence in Churchill to step in. Yeah, he just wanted to avoid another war at all costs, and if this meant giving away land that wasn't his, then fuck it. That's the bit that upsets me, man. It's just like, how dare you, you know, just sort of sign off uh, on other people's misery just because you don't want to have another fucking war and you know there's this surely there's that whole like you know what's wrong but like what's right at the end of the day it's like sure we don't want that but it's the right thing to do 
and that yeah but then we we get onto how britain got involved in the war the only reason we actually got involved is because of treaties we'd previously signed exactly i think we very we very reluctantly got involved exactly i mean i'm i'm not i wouldn't be surprised as as, as we sort of spoke about it in churchill's episode like if you know britain uh, under the under the right person would have just gone ah oh, fuck it do you know what do you want and then just stay out of it we totally would have mm. it's like as long as it don't affect our empire our trading posts shit like that we'll stay out of it and if it did that's where we'd get involved yeah and another leader might have seen him march into austria and the rhineland and been like no yeah that sent troops over and exactly just ended it exactly and that, that that's my point is that when he went into austria people like chamberlain and whatnot were just like oh just let him get on with it we don't want another war we don't want another fight it's like oh but that's so wrong Anyway. Yeah, I don't like the. But the British Empire, let's be honest, weren't the nicest people either. No, so. no, and that shows our, the British Empire's attitude in general. Yeah. Don't give a shit about yeah, no one else as long as it doesn't bother us. Exactly. Which is which is fucked, but yeah. Uh, Chamberlain actually thought this was a massive success <laughs> because he thought I've handed over this land. There's going to be no war. Go me. Yeah. Uh, a man called Winston Churchill called it a total unmitigated defeat. Nice, nice. See. So check out those eps. <laughs> yeah, check out those episodes because that's a really good thing of him to say. But he's not all brilliant. No, as we found out in part one, two, and three concentration camps in South Africa. Oh yeah, all that nonsense. So I know I said this was going to be a three-parter, but I'm afraid it's going to be a four-parter. So this actually was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. The same amount of pages as the others, but we've raced through. Oh. Uh, this episode I condensed as much as possible um, so I've only used key information and missed out certain events we could have spoke about the 1936 Olympics Jesse Owens won Jesse Owens won Adolf Hitler had to present a black athlete with a medal which is one of the most famous pictures yes because he he was like it could never happen like the German yeah. German athlete could never be beaten and then not only was he beaten he was beaten by a, a black man Mr. <laughs> Hitler was like the biggest insult he's like oh shit mm. And Hitler had to be forced to put on those Olympics. He hated sport. <laughs> that was because he was shit at himself, wasn't it? Yeah, they they thought it would put the Nazis on the world stage, and everyone would be like, "Oh, these guys are quite cool." Yeah, it's like, but it, it was just massively humiliating for them. Yeah, like people who don't like football generally can't play it anyway. So it's like, oh, wonder why you don't like it. The um, Olympic Facebook page made a massive blunder recently because they put, did you know the 1936 Olympics was the first Olympics to use a gaslit torch or a torch that never went out or something? And everyone was commenting, being like, yeah, let's let's celebrate the fucking Nazi Olympics. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, let's celebrate the Nazi Olympics and their incredible use of gas. <laughs> it's just, it was awful. Like Someone did not fucking think that. No. That was the last Olympics until, I don't know, late After 40s, all, early 50s, yeah, I think. yeah. Yeah, long time. Yeah, uh, that's something I'd like to explore one day at some point. It's, it's sports during war because, like, uh, we didn't obviously didn't have the Premier League back then, but there was like the English Cup and divisional football and stuff like that. And I just wonder if that happens still. But like, they'd be like, "Oh, half the squad's not here." From my understanding, a lot of the squads went off to fight. However, some squads like kept certain players on or whatever. And there was things called the War Cup, oh, really? so they had like. So all the leagues and all the other cups got suspended, but then they had war cups, which were going on at the same time. Oh, interesting. But yeah, a, a lot of I think most football clubs around the country have like plaques and things around somewhere around their stadium. Yeah, celebrating the soldiers that died during is, the war. Um, isn't Arsenal 
uh, they nicknamed the Gunners because they were soldiers. Mm, yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal have a really interesting history. They started as a factory, like just factory workers. Ah, oh, right. Anyway, yeah, we're yeah, really massively deviated. Maybe we we'll do like a football episode uh, one day. Football, a history of football would be fucking mm. awesome. Um, damn, man. So, what year are we in? Uh, ending this out. Right. So we're ending 1938, brink of war. So the next episode will start with the night of broken glass, Hitler invading Czechoslovakia and Poland, him meeting Stalin, World War Two, the Holocaust, and his downfall. That is next week. Gotcha. We have got a lot to cover next week. Yeah, we'll again we'll keep it as condensed as possible. I'll try and keep it. It is it's so difficult though because it's all so interesting mm. and like you find as I'm, like you say when you're researching you're like oh let's click on this let's yep. click on this and suddenly like you're nowhere near the person you're supposed to be talking about you just on something completely <laughs> yeah. random. Yeah, and then you think I'm not even going to write about this person anymore. I'm going to write about the next person I've just seen. Is there more interesting? <laughs> yeah, this person did this. It's. Yeah, it's it's so many rabbit holes. But yeah, there's still so much to cover. So I hope everyone's enjoying listening. Mm, yeah, because you have another episode to go. Yeah, because there's a crazy amount of information about whether we'll ever beat four episodes. I don't know. Can we do five episodes on someone in the future? I mean, I've, I've seen podcasts Who? do five episodes. And I'm like, even even for yeah. me, as like a diehard listener to some of these podcasts. I'm like, oh, that's heavy, man. Five episodes. It's, it's, it is heavy. I'm just thinking, I don't know who else there could possibly be. Because we've done we've done huge people in one episode before, like Columbus, we smashed out in one mm. episode. We've done Himmler one episode, Pilecki in one episode. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, we'll see how we get on with that. Um, brilliant. Okay. Well, what should we should we do? What should we do? What should we do? I should do the homework bits that we've got to do. Um, make sure you follow us on all the social medias. So you can follow us on Instagram at That's What People Do Podcast, or one word annoyingly. Um, although I suppose if you just spaced it out, you'd still find us. Uh, hit us up on Facebook on at That's WPD. Find us on Twitter at the same thing in me. What's it? Which is at That's WPD. Uh, if you have anyone you'd like us to talk about, i.e. someone you think, oh, that'd be really good, and they've never mentioned him or her, uh, I really want them to talk about it, drop us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show and you'd like to help it grow, you could drop us a little donation at our Kofi page. You can find us at ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. And all donations will go towards the podcast and helping to improve it. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's everything, I believe. Um. I have nothing else to add. Yeah. I've just. I've just realised why this episode is ten minutes shorter than last week. Because last week we went on a ten-minute rant about Facebook comments. Oh Christ! Yeah. Um. Yeah. So well, oh, okay. Not not to go on for ten minutes. Uh. But James and I discussed. Uh. Last week. Usually we we will um try to promote some uh podcast episodes on our social media try and get the word out a bit more try and get more people uh, known to to the episodes that we want to promote uh, and we did that with uh, amongst other episodes we did it with the hitler episodes because we just thought it'd be like you know you guys seem to love it because our listenership for the hitler series is really shot up so thank you very much for listening guys uh so people it love turns out people really like bad people um which is why netflix is pretty much just a you know a true crime Serial killers, now. serial killers, serial That's killers, serial killers. Um, so we've been post, we've been trying to, you know, post and boost out the uh, episodes on Adolf Hitler, but the comments we've got are just somewhat un, uh, unhelpful. They're just not, They're not helpful. helpful at all. Yeah. So we've decided to just not go ahead and do that for the rest of the Hitler episodes. 
because it's no one being like, oh, this is a fact about Hitler, which would add to it. It's always, this person is Hitler, this person is Hitler, and then it's just political yeah. arguments. It's like, no one's Hitler. Hitler is Hitler. Hitler is That's Hitler, and as, and as bad as he may be, Trump's not Hitler. No, he's not. He's nowhere near. He actually, whether you agree with the American voting system or not, different story, but he, he won a Democratic vote. Technically, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're we're not going to be doing that uh, again for Mr. Hitler because we've done enough of that, and we're pretty bored of the feedback. So, yeah, 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 just for a bit of a bit of transparency for you guys listening, if you're wondering how we're getting on. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm assuming next week will be part four and the finale because I I will make it the finale, and then I'm assuming Ryan's doing a nice person, I think. So hopefully we'll I will be doing a nice person. We'll get back to nice people, and the world is great. We're going to do a nice person, and I'm going to sort of put myself in a corner here, uh, back myself into a corner, and I'm going to make this person from Norway because I'm going to Norway on the 20th? On the 21st. On the 21st. I'm going to Norway on the 21st of this month. I'm going to Oslo for a few days. Nice. So we have listeners in Oslo. Hi, uh, Hi, guys from Oslo, if you are listening right now. Um, I'm going to be in Oslo for a couple of days if you fancy a coffee or whatever. I don't drink coffee, but you can buy me a cup of tea. Um, so yeah, I'm going to make sure that I do an episode about someone from Norway. Hmm. And it'll be a good person. Scandinavian. Yeah, I'm going to go Scandinavian. Did Vikings originate in Norway? Uh, I'm, Were I'm Vikings good people? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I don't think Norway even existed when the Vikings came around. So to say they came from Norway, I think is wrong. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. So we have another episode on Hitler next week. And then the week after that, I shall be doing a nice story from Norway. I look forward to that. Excellent I look forward stuff. to not having to research for a week. I went on. Yeah, I know. Enjoy your week off. All right, then, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next week for uh, Adolf Hitler Part 5. Ta-ra. Bye-bye.